The Distraction, hosted by former Deadspin writers Drew McGarry and David Roth, is a new sports podcast coming from Defector and Stitcher. Join the guys and their guests as they break down the week in sports while addressing their fair share of off-the-field issues. Whether it's discussing NBA players getting testy in the bubble, Bill Belichick cutting 80% of his roster just to keep himself interested, or horrifying takes from sports talk radio that need to be broken down, Drew and Roth are ready to serve you some hot sports action. But do stick around for a few extra distractions. You deserve them. Listen and subscribe to The Distraction, a Defector podcast, right now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, Game of Thrones has jumped the shark. Is that the phrase you're gonna use? Jump, yes. Okay. I mean, just jump the dragon. Jump the (laughs) sucks. It's it's become very obvious they are no longer writing from the book. Yeah. No, they're trying to wrap it up. Yeah, quickly, let everything happen at once. Uh, I, it took me some time emotionally to process everything that happened Sunday night, and that's where I've landed. I tried to be the resistance, but yeah. I couldn't do it. I watched the second episode. I watched the episode again last night, and I was like, what did I expect? Like, no. what, did you, what did you expect? You thought, you, you thought you'd see new things? We'll no, talk about just, it later okay. uh, in depth, but yeah, that's how I feel right now. Maybe I'm Casey, maybe I'm Casey, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. That is Brandon Newman. Hola. Um, I regret not wearing a jacket today. Why? It's a bit chilly in here. Thank you. Well, I, it's like rainy and gloomy. It's been kind of gloomy in LA. It's, it can't decide what it wants I, to people be. People don't want to talk to me. Like people get, I get trash. Yeah, I you, get you should. flack when well, I talk I about know. the can weather you? here. We can talk about the weather now. It's May. Like it's yeah. nice most places now. Yes. And it is gloomy and there was some weather. We had some weather this weekend. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't always sunny. Yes. In Ooh. California. Amen. There you go. There you go. Uh, Marcus Johnson. Yes. OG. UCLA Man. legends. Old school. Bucks legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, TV analyst for the Bucks. Um, he is very pro Giannis. Yeah. Um, which I, I have been pro Giannis. I've just been a little skeptical of the Bucks this year. But we will talk to him about the Bucks and Raptors series. We'll talk to him about the Western Conference, the finals, uh, Lakers, and uh, what might happen with Zion tonight. Mm. Um, so he joins us. We're going to talk about NFL power team rankings because you know how I love a good list. Woo. Uh, pizza scissors. Shouts out. And this amazing Snapchat Don't gender do swap Don't do filter, which really has just elevated my self-esteem to a whole other level, <laughs> which I needed. Uh, the Rockets, uh, s- silly process. Uh, the Saints still will not shut the bleep up about that that call if you can believe it um and terry rozier is selling everything he is spilling all the tea mm. for petty court this week Man. but let's start with marcus johnson all right marcus johnson thank you so much for joining us hey. he is uh currently a bucks analyst but of course a ucla legend mm-hmm. played under the wizard of westwood john wooden five-time nba all-star uh and uh, and friend basically family Squat is what you UCLA. are. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Joy. Good being here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, so I, we got to be honest with you. Um, well, I will be honest with you. I wasn't a huge believer, although I very much like Giannis. I was not a huge believer in the Bucks this year. I, I felt like they were going to do a little Raptors-esque, um, be great regular season team, and then get to the playoffs and be a huge disappointment. Um, we're all fools. Why exactly do you think that everyone nationally sort of doubted the Bucks this year? Well, I think a lot of that was because of uh, the way they looked at the Bucks' usage of three-point shot and, you know, how borderline gimmicky it, it, it was. Um, you know, you can do that if you're Houston and you've got a James Harden who can – scored 35 points a game and knocked down a lot of those points from behind the three-point line. Uh, for us, our superstar is Giannis Adetokounmpo, and, and, and he averages, what, about 17, 18 points uh, at the rim per game. And so the thought process, Joy, was that in the playoffs, the game slowed down into a half-court game. Teams would pack it in on the inside, build that wall, like we saw the Celtics do in game one uh, against the Bucks, and that Giannis's effectiveness would be uh, severely curtailed. And uh, so that's kind of was the the prevailing wisdom going into the playoffs. But, uh, you know, Rudy Tomjanovich talked about, you know, never discounting the heart of a champion. Well, Giannis Antetokounmpo's got that kind of a heart, and uh, he is so relentless that he just basically 
wears down your defense, and especially with the style of up-tempo transition basketball. We were number one, number one transition team in the league in terms of, of uh, the amount of times we like to get out and run. And so uh, that just kind of wears you down defensively. But, hey, I ain't mad at you. I understand it. Everybody, a lot of people, uh, Ryan Hollins is another good buddy of ours. He's another guy that uh, <laughs> talked about us uh, being uh, tossed to the side by Boston. So it's a lot of people that felt that same way, and, uh, it, you know, it's nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, I did say that he was the MVP all year, so I, I'll, yes, I'll give yes. myself credit in that regard. He was the MVP. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah he was definitely the MVP. For you on that one. Right. But so we know Giannis is going to gr- be great. He's going to have to be great. But what is the rest of the team going to have to do to not only get through this Eastern Conference Finals, but do whatever they need to do in the West if they make it there? They're in the finals against the West. Well, look, you know, Toronto is no joke. They were fifth in offensive and defensive rating. The Bucks were the number one team defensively, I think fourth in offense. So both teams are really balanced in terms of, uh, of uh, being difficult to score against and to stop from scoring. And then in Toronto, you've got Kawhi Leonard, who's averaging 33, 34 points a game uh, against a very good Philadelphia Sixer team. And we saw what he did in game seven. So that's going to be the biggest challenge of how you deal with him. And Kawhi's offensive game, on paper, is perfectly suited to attack what the Bucks like to do defensively. They'll give mm. up mid-range shots. The Bucks, well, they gave up gave up more mid-range shots, I think, than anybody in the league this year. Cutting down shots at the rim and cutting down high-quality looks, and that's corner threes are during the season. Gave up a lot of threes, but 77% of those were from the break line. They weren't from the corners. And so, with a guy like Kawhi, to answer your question. Dealing with Kawhi, the Kawhi factor. How do you deal with him? Chris Middleton is going to be key. I've been watching video of the uh, the two teams and how they played this season, and the Bucks did a really solid job, Chris Middleton in particular, of uh, denying Ka- Kawhi the basketball, making shots tough uh, when he comes off ball screens, uh, doing a rearview contest, standing behind him and kind of getting a hand into his space to make him feel you, and hopefully that'll throw off his shot. So, it's not going to be easy. This is a great basketball team. The Raptors are. These two teams have been the, the two top teams in the East all season long. And, you know, it's just sort of fitting that they meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. But it's got to be great defense once again, especially against the alpha dog of the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard. Well, that said, you are going to have to find something for Kawhi because he's been incredible. But I did not like what I saw from the rest of the Raptors at the end of that right. Game 7. Nobody wanted to shoot. Siakam didn't even want to look at the mm-hmm. rim. It was like Kyle if he Ari looked at it, he would turn into stone. Yes. <laughs> so what do the Raptors have for Giannis? Like, what? who do they have for Giannis? Well, we hope nobody. That's our hope. (laughs) And I agree with you. It's funny watching that game because I was looking at Siakam and just the look in his eyes and just the – and I I won't call it fear. I won't go go, go that far. But it was some reticence there to to, to, to kind of take over or do anything aggressively with the basketball. And against the Bucs, this dude has just been a nightmare. He's been the one guy on their team. He's been better than Kawhi against us this season when we played them. And a lot of times he's matched up against Giannis, and he showed no fear. And that one-on-one matchup, I think he had 28 points the last time we played him uh, back on January 31st. But uh, that being said, they're going to need Kyle Lowry to be the bulldog, North Philly Kyle Lowry that he was in the late stages of, of that Philly game. If he's not knocking down shots to do the other things, get some charges, get some steals, play good, solid defense, he's going to have his hands full with Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe, mm. and, and he matches up really well with Kyle Lowry and Bledsoe's ability to, to, to beat him off the dribble is going to be key for us. So that's going to be uh, a big big key. Uh, in terms of Giannis defensively, Serge Ibaka is probably the guy that will get the bulk of the minutes against Giannis defensively. He's got the size, the strength. He's uh, a pretty fleet of foot in terms of trying to keep Giannis in front of him. But again, the Bucks do such a great job of forcing cross matches, other guys having a matchup with Giannis because we get out in transition so much. So, uh, look, Nick Nurse, is, Nick Nurse has shown himself to be a very, very capable basketball coach. He's got to come up with some type of a defensive strategy. I, I, I suppose it will be uh, the same strategy that most teams have used against Giannis, playing physical, playing aggressive, trying to break the ball out of his hands, show him a wall of three and four defenders every time he comes down the floor. And so that being said, it's imperative for our big guys, uh, Brooke Lopez and, 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 and Ilya Sova and Nico mm-hmm. Miritich and Chris Middleton, to knock down three-point shots. And that's one of the reasons having Malcolm Brogdon back and getting – healthier every day, I think it's going to yeah. be uh, a big boost for us in terms of what we do offensively. Okay, so moving forward, I'm picking the Bucks to 
play in the Western Conference Finals, what I think will be against the Warriors. You talked about a lot of guys uh, for the Bucks. I'm a Pat Connaughton guy. I graduated from Notre Dame, so I'm always looking for him to do something. What, obviously, deeper in the finals, you get seven guys that are really going to be the guys that are going to be playing. Who's somebody for the Bucks that is going to give the Warriors fits in the finals? <laughs> well, we... So you want me to skip ahead, then, man? You want me yeah, to I mean, I got you, you. You went down the list. You, told, you said all the guys. I feel like it's, I, feel, I can do that. I can do that. And we played the Warriors well this year. We, we, they beat us, I think, in Milwaukee. We got them out in Oakland, but uh, matched up pretty well with them. It depends, obviously, on Kevin Durant, mm. what his status is at the time, and he's a nightmare matchup for anybody in the league. So, uh, you know, that's that's just a tough guard. Uh, but for us, you mentioned Pat Connaughton, our bench has been as solid as any bench in the league. We totally mm. outplayed the Boston bench, and that was one of the strengths going into the Boston series was, was that the, the, the depth of the Celtics uh, with Rozier and uh, Jalen Brown, if he didn't start, or Gordon Hayward, if he was coming off the bench. You know, that was one of the things that really concerned us, Marcus Smart, in terms of his availability. But we just dominated that Celtics bench. The Warriors are not a deep basketball team, so I think that the, the better job that we can do of making them play at a fast pace and getting – to uh, their shooters, Thompson, the Splash Brothers, and, and obviously Steph, uh, you know, gives us a better chance of uh, hanging with them and having some success. I think teams that can attack the rim against the Warriors, they don't have that that rim protector inside. We've got the greatest rim attacker mm. in all of basketball in Giannis and Dedekupo. So I think that gives us an opportunity right there to, to make things uh, a little bit more even against this great basketball team. Their advantage, they've been there with the last three or four years, whatever it's been. They've been in the finals uh, so consistently over the last few years that they know how to deal with the pressure and everything else it takes uh, to be a champion. Right now, this basketball team in Milwaukee, we're still kind of learning that process. What do you call them, the bench mob? Bench mob. That's what Pat Collins says. That don't call them a second unit. The bench mob is more hey. of a promotion than a demotion. Second unit is like a demotion. Right. That's that Notre Dame thing, man. I, yeah, I, yeah. I next know. level, next <laughs> level. So. I love that. Um, all right, so skipping over to that series, I'm very excited about that series. Uh, the Blazers, I've been hoping that it, it was going to be the Blazers uh, in the Western Conference Finals because I love watching C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard play together. I think they're a fun, uh, aggressive team. I don't know how they match. Well, I didn't know how they matched up against the Warriors with Kevin Durant, but we're assuming. I'm assuming that Kevin Durant is not going to be back for this series. I know people are being optimistic, but he hasn't even stepped on the court yet, according to Steve Kerr. So, mm-hmm. let's just assume he's out. How how do you think this series goes? I think a lot of people are automatically writing the Blazers off, and I, I think they match up pretty well. Yeah. No. I mean, whenever you've got uh, two guards, as you mentioned, in in McCollum and Lillard that are capable of going off for 40, uh, they're mm. going to put you and keep you in games, especially in a half-court type of a situation like a like a Western Conference or an Eastern Conference final. So who can create their shots off the dribble? Who can create separation? Who can create space? McCollum has shown that he's as good as anybody in the league in doing that. We know Dame Lillard can do that. So that's going to be a huge key. It's going to be the other guys, the Evan Turners and some of these other guys for the Blazers, uh, how well they're, they're able to kind of step up under that pressure. And again, that's the one thing to not take for granted is, is the fact that the Blazers, what, uh, I think a couple of years in a row, they've been bounced in the first round. And right. right now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm usually a big believer in kind of incremental progress and in that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's like uh, the Bulls having to go through the Pistons and the Pistons having to go through the Celtics before you get your breakthrough. Can the Blazers get their breakthrough against the Warriors? Well, without Kevin Durant, that gives them a lot better chance than with Kevin Durant if he's playing for Golden State. Uh, but uh, a lot of it's going to be on on the support players. I think Dame Lillard, uh, C.J. McCollum, both of them will do their thing, be effective. But who else will be able to give them the kind of point production that they're going to need? And then, you know, defending Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green. I mean, these are all-stars. These are Hall of Fame-type players. Uh, how well the Blazers are able to handle them. The good thing for the Blazers, they played them enough over the years. They're familiar with them. Uh, there'll be no surprises. Ter- Terry Stotts who I worked with uh, in Seattle when I was a broadcaster. He was an assistant coach with George Carl. He's one of the bright, I won't say young minds. He's as old as I am, so he's not young <laughs> anymore, but he's one of the bright minds in basketball. And uh, I expect that this will be a very competitive series. Do you think that Steph Curry gets a little, it's tough to say overlooked, because it is Steph Curry, but I feel like he, this game that he had against the Rockets, going scoreless in the first half and coming back and really 
just ending all doubts with Kevin Durant being out, it's kind of a nice reminder. Like, yeah, Steph Curry is really a, a transcendent all-time great player that kind of got buried with Kevin Durant coming to the Warriors. Well, that's a, that's a great observation. And that's, that's, I mean, you took like the thought right out of my mind when I'm watching this team play uh, during the playoffs and Durant's busting 40s and I look and see that Steph has, you know, 18 or 21 or whatever it is, 13, I think, one game when, when, when Durant had the big game. And I think that's why, I, and I won't say without Durant, that 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 that's a that's a bonus by any stretch of the imagination. But now we're gonna see old school Warriors pre Durant mm-hmm. years right. when it's all about the Splash Brothers and they've got the ball in their hands. And we'll be reminded like we were in Game Seven. Steph Curry is what a two-time MVP. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna be reminded just how good Steph Curry is. I think in this series, especially if Kevin Durant is not available, Kevin Durant is one of the transcendent offensive players in the history of this game. The things he's able to do at his size, almost seven feet, shoot the ball, put it on the floor, score at will. And, and I, for me, watching the Warriors has, has become boring because they're, they're just too good. They got too many, too many weapons. You just can't stop them all at some point. You know, something's got to give, and it's normally or usually uh, Durant kind of shooting over a smaller defender. But right now, this makes things a little bit more interesting, a little bit more competitive. Amen. And as you mentioned, Joy, I think it gives Steph Curry a chance to kind of reassert himself as one of the top two or three players in the league. I think there's been a little slippage uh, the last couple of years, and it's been primarily because of the uh, existence of Kevin Durant in that offense and his ability, his efficiency, and his ability to uh, put points on the board. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for both these series. So also tonight is the ping pong ball lottery, Ooh. which could, a uh, specific bounce could change the next 10 years of the NBA, mm-hmm. at least for one franchise it will. What do you think of Zion? Everybody has, uh, it, it almost feels like it's taboo to be critical of anything that Zion is because he's, he's such a phenom and he's so... He just plays with happiness, and it just makes you love. He made Duke lovable, okay? So he's basically a messiah at this point. (laughs) But, you you know, there are some questions about his size and how does his game translate to the NBA. What do you think of of Zion first, and where would you like to see him go? Well, I mean, my only question with a guy like that, and and it was similar to Charles Barkley at 6'5", when he was about 280, Mm. just, you know, how much of a pounding can his skeletal take with that much weight and with that much athleticism what goes up must come down right and that's a lot of poundage on that skeletal system so how long will the back and the knees be able to absorb that poundage before he has to think about maybe dropping a few pounds maybe he doesn't i don't know you know he, he seems to be real comfortable playing at whatever whatever weight where he is 260 270 whatever it is the thing that i watch when i watch zion i watch okay his explosiveness is off the charts we know all about that the dunks and everything else but it's those it's those finishes off a of contact going to the basket. It's that soft touch and the mm-hmm. ability to, 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 to float by a defender, not get an offensive foul, still find that angle on the backboard, soft little kiss off the glass and finish. He is so good at that, and he can use both hands in doing so. We saw him in the playoffs when things got tight for Duke. His ability to step out and knock down three-pointers under pressure really kind of surprised me. I've seen him do it throughout the regular season on occasion, but – and the pressure of a playoff game to be able to do that and knock down those shots consistently, consistently was really impressive. So I'm really, really uh, high on Zion Williamson. I think he's going to be an outstanding player. And the pro game is better suited for a lot of guys. When I came out of college, you know, I was a guy whose game was better suited in transition up and down basketball where athleticism becomes more Ooh. of a factor. When Zion gets up into the NBA with that fast pace up and down type of transition basketball that's played a lot, uh, in this league, I think he's going to be uh, even more effective than what we saw at Duke. A lot more open court situations for him to use that size, that strength, that, that athleticism. So, I mean, yeah, he, he, to be hands down, is going to be, I believe, a really, really solid to, 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 to outstanding player in this league. Well, based on your assessment, which is a great one, got me excited to watch Zion in the NBA again, where do you want to see him go and why? Well, give me some options. What we got? We got the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks Cavaliers, and the Suns have the highest percentage at fourteen percent, and then it goes Bulls, yes. Hawks, Wizards, well, and then down know, from the there. Cavaliers side, uh, Jim Jim Beeline from uh, Michigan, who is an outstanding defensive coach, young team. You know, I, I don't know if I'd like to see him between those two teams. I, I think I'd, I'd probably prefer him 
matched up uh, with Monty Williamson and the, and the good young talent that they've got down in Phoenix mm. just to to keep the pressure away from him just a bit. I mean, same thing would happen in Cleveland, but uh, Zion experienced some, some, some warm weather and, uh, and, and, and a coach that may be better suited for his personality right at this stage. I'm not, you know, and that's no knock on Beeline. I don't know him, don't know his coaching style in terms of what he's like in a practice situation. But, um, you know, it's, it's tough. It's six in one hand, half a dozen the other. I, I can't really commit to one of the others being the better situation for him between those two. I mean, the only thing that would, uh, I think, kind of shake things up is if the Knicks kind of got back into the into the conversation some sort of way and uh, he fell into their laps, and, and that would uh, really uh, make things interesting. Well, finally, before we let you go, we got to ask you about uh, the guy who used to run the NBA, who was LeBron, mm. how quickly that changed. Uh, we're out in L.A., so we're in the midst of uh, this, I don't even know what to call it, disaster with the Lakers, everything that's going on over there. Um, what do you think the Lakers need to do? Because I have a lot of opinions about the Lakers, and we could talk for the next you know, three hours about it. <laughs> but for me, my frustration lies in that, you know, LeBron is in uh, what feels like a twilight of his career. And I was very excited for him to come to the Lakers and get the Lakers back to prominence. And it feels like, you know, the front office is doing everything they can to keep us from that happiness. So I don't know. I don't know what has to change or what they need to do. But but what are your thoughts on the Lakers where they stand right now? Well, look, Frank Vogel is a is an outstanding coach. And I, and I had a chance to watch him with his good teams in, in Indiana, those Pacer teams. Uh, really solid. I think they got to an Eastern Conference Finals one year. We don't talk so much about Orlando. That was a yeah. kind of a rebuild situation for him. But you think about his Patriot teams, and they were very, very competitive. Maybe didn't play uh, with the most freedom offensively that you would like. But then that's why I think that's one of the reasons why you have Jason Kidd on board uh, with Frank Vogel. I think that's a really good combination. I know a lot of people are are, are second guessing that, saying you know Jason Kidd wanted to run the show in Brooklyn and in Milwaukee. Well, I never got any sense of that. Uh, in Milwaukee with Jason Kidd, and and I watched Jason Kidd as a coach with the Bucks, and I'm not one of those guys that that uh, had had a huge knock on him. I thought he was he was progressing where he was supposed to be in terms of coaching trajectory and the lack of experience that he had as a head coach. I think it was his fourth or fifth year uh, when he was let go by the Bucks, and so I think the combination of those two, Jason Kidd working with Lonzo Ball, Jason Kidd being able to relate to LeBron James and uh, kind of contemporaries and being able to talk to him when necessary. It may not be necessary, who knows? But I think that's, that, that's a step in the right direction. Frank Vogel is just one of those solid NBA hires that the Lakers have made. Yeah, everybody wanted Tyron Lue to come in because of um, uh, his prior relationship with LeBron. Didn't work out. But I think the Lakers did themselves about as good as they could do with this hire uh, when they couldn't come to terms with Lue. Uh, in terms of overall, they've got some good young talent. I think talent is always the thing that you've got to put around LeBron. Shooting. Cleveland was so good yeah. with LeBron because of Corver, because of Smith, because of all these Kevin Love, all these guys that could stretch the floor and knock down three-point shots. The Lakers uh, are, are not good in that area, and that's one of the things they've got to look to to really improve improve upon right away is bring more shooting uh, on this team with LeBron and kind of see what happens. You remember when LeBron got hurt in December. I think the Lakers were fourth or fifth uh, in the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, when, I think when Ball went down, they were still uh, in the playoff hunt. And so those injuries, you just cannot discount the, the devastation that those injuries had on this team's ability to get to the playoffs. Those two guys don't get hurt. This is the fourth or fifth seed, you know, and maybe a home court advantage in the playoffs. And with LeBron, anything can mm. happen. But it was just one of those situations. And, Joy, you pointed to it. He's at a stage of his career where he was just due to have, have something go wrong. You, you, can't, you can't fight father time and win every single season. This was a season for him to go through his injuries. I think next year he'll come back even stronger, more focused mentally, and a better person and player for having gone through what he went through this year. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Ooh. Before we let you go, uh, I do want to mention that you can still dunk. Marcus can still dunk. What? He, he has a great yeah. Instagram follow. What is your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is oldschool888. Now, I can still dunk, but see, I have to pull a, like, Tom Brady on the basketball. I had to, like, deflate the ball. Other things that I've lost, little hand strength. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. My legs are still pretty much intact, and I can get up there and, and get it over the rim. So, yeah, I can dunk, but I did a little Tom Brady with the basketball. You I got to mess you. up that. 
Yeah, you didn't have to qualify it. You know, nobody knew that. <laughs> we saw it. It was impressive. Everybody thinks, oh, that rim was like nine feet. No, the rim was, <laughs> the rim was probably 10 feet, 11 and a half inches. Right. The ball a little deflated. But hey, I'm 63 years old. What do you want? I ain't lost that athleticism yet, huh? Well, you know, it's just when I land. Well, I feel every every day of that 63 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it's a it's a good follow. Old school 888. Uh, I think it, what, is it the same on Twitter as well? Yes. Okay. Yes, so follow follow Marcus on there. Thank you for joining us. Um, good luck to the Bucks um, in the playoffs. And next time you're in LA, we'll hope you you'll come in and sit with us and kick it some more. Sounds like a winner. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. What am I winning or quitting today? 11 NBA teams are in the Zion Williamson raffle, also known as the NBA Giraffe Lottery. Mm -hmm. The Knicks, the Cavs, the Suns all have 14% chance of getting the first round overall pick in the draft, while the Chicago Bulls are right behind those teams at 12.5%. Joy, Zion should pray the Bulls get the first round pick. Quit it or quit it? Um, quit it. What? I don't think he. I think he should be praying that that some other teams don't. Uh, I don't know if he should specifically be praying for the Bulls. By the way, I love the NBA Giraffe Lottery. You do. Why? Did anyone hear what I said? I love the NBA. Because you just said the NBA Giraffe Lottery. Is that not? Get it? Giraffe. You just said giraffe. You said it so fast it sounded like giraffe. It really wasn't giraffe, though. It's draft. I am still looking for the difference. (laughs) We finally found a word that you say weird. I was always on my case because I say tournament wrong and you say giraffe and draft the same way. I say so many things wrong. All right. Let me, uh, Zion. Why would we say Zion wrong now too? Zion. Zion? Ooh, Zion or Zion? 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 Zion. Zion Williamson. Mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little no, I'm pan, not changing that. Pan, so pan, pan thing going on there. Enjoy that for the next 15 years. Um, all right, let's break down where Zion yes. is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, start with the Knicks. Yes. The Knicks. The Knicks have 14% chance of getting Zion Williamson. Everyone in life should, unless you are a fan of any other team other than the Knicks or if you just hate fun, you should be praying to all the sports gods. And people in New York are literally praying right so, now yeah. uh, that they the Knicks get the number one overall pick because listen Zion is a superstar he is pre-packaged ready to go huge following huge buzz fun to watch will sell jerseys will sell season tickets will bring huge marketing deals he's ready to go now what he's going to do on the court we don't know but as far as everything else goes plug and play and that's what the Knicks need the Knicks need an explosive superstar we don't know if kd or kyrie are coming yet right. but if they get the number one overall pick tonight in the draft lottery please 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 please, please god please the, the nba is going to change forever i need the knicks to be good and you do too and here's why people hate the knicks and, and understandably so i'm a heat fan so i've been with the knicks forever but i do respect the brand that is the knicks okay Curse, yeah. they are the most profitable franchise in the nba despite their years and years of dysfunction and that's facts they're worth four billion dollars, and they have been the most profitable for the last four years. If you can believe that, that's with James Nolan. Now that said, they do have a completely dysfunctional ownership situation, which I don't love. Right. But you know, you can't have everything. They do have the only all African American front office yes. in Mills, Perry, and Fisdale, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love, and I think that that's going to be part of what gets KD there as well. Their cornerstone NBA franchise, the league will be better if they are relevant, and this is a huge relevancy move for the Knicks. So I love this. I hope this happens. This is this is this is what everyone wants happening. This no. is what's going to happen. Everyone it's what's w- going to happen. Everybody wants this to happen. Isn't considering Zion Williamson and his growth as an NBA player and as a basketball player because I am afraid that a market that is too large for Zion will keep him from reaching the full potential he can get to. LeBron James, we saw him be LeBron James because, in my opinion, he went to such a small market in Cleveland. I think get him in a smaller market, re- so just somewhere else. The Knicks are just too big. No, I disagree. They, they get KD. They get KD. No. They're going to get both. They're going to get everything. It's going to be wonderful. All right, well, who's next? Cleveland Cavaliers, same so the, chances. Yeah, so the Cavs also have 14%. Yep. I'm so tired of the Cavs getting number one overall picks. Um, I'm just what over it. Mean? I'm tired of it. They've had enough. All right, enough with that. Um, it would be somewhat tolerable because I've already swallowed the initial pill of having to watch Cleveland right. basketball for as long as I have. So uh, that said, they did manage to somewhat 
handle LeBron. I mean, they did win a championship. So the the, the line hire, okay. I mean, I don't. Nobody knows what to expect from him. He was no. a great college coach. He's never coached in the NBA, which is what I don't love about about Zion possibly going here because yeah. it's it's too much of an adjustment. You're getting a huge superstar, a ton of attention. He's never been an NBA, uh, an NBA level coach. It's too much. It's too much. I don't think that this is a good situation for Zion, and I'm tired of them getting number one overall picks. All right, who's next? Phoenix Suns. No, 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 no. Okay, first of all, John Morant is the fit for the Phoenix Suns, and I don't even want John Morant to go there, okay, at all. Sarver doesn't deserve any more talent. We've got to get Devin Booker out of there somehow. We've got to get him out of there, all right? And if you have any questions or fix about fixing or conspiracy or anything like that, yeah. it should be if the Suns don't get the number one overall pick, because I'm going to tell you right now, what Adam Silver ain't about to do is deal with Sarver for the next five years. That's what he ain't about to do with his life, okay? He ain't about to be going to, to Sarver every single day, having to deal with him, text messages and stuff. That ain't happening, all right? So, no, they're not getting the number one overall pick. Please. Don't send him there. And listen, all due respect to Monty Williams, I hope he's successful. Mm -hmm. But Sarver's still the owner of the team. Yeah. At the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So you can talk about all the talent that they have and all that stuff, and that's nice. But ownership is still you can't you can't overcome that level of dysfunction. You can't you can't chastise their ownership and then say the Knicks are fine. No, the Knicks aren't fine, but the Knicks are in New York. And the Cavs aren't fine, but the Cavs have won a championship in the last five years. The Suns have not done any of those things. So, next. Chicago Bulls. I don't hate this because it is the Chicago Bulls. It is Chicago. Yes. They have done some winning. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They do have Mm -hmm. some legends there. They've managed some superstars. They have managed some superstars. Uh, So, I'm okay with this. I, I, I... was a Bulls fan at one point in my life. I am no longer a Bulls fan. But I I would happily watch Bulls games again um, with Ernest. And I think this would be a good place. Yeah, red, black, popping again. Yeah, he would look good in the red and black. Mm -hmm. Who's next? Atlanta Hawks. So the Bulls have 12.5%. The Hawks have 10.5%. It kind of goes down staggering from here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, people are going to say boo to the Atlanta Hawks. But I actually like the Atlanta Hawks move because... They do have Trey Young, and that's kind of a fun combination there. They would have young, hot talent. It is Atlanta. It's a great city. I, I don't know. I actually don't hate this. For, for, the, for the teams that have like the lower level percentage chance of getting him, right. I, I actually don't hate this move at all. Now, no. Atlanta, Atlanta fans, sports fans in general, don't have the best reputation of being supportive, right. but it, it, so, neither did Miami, okay? And mm-hmm. We're good. So I, I, I'm I'm totally fine with this move. I would not hate it at all. I still want the Knicks first, right. but I would not hate this move. I was saying the whole from the beginning, since we were watching Zion, I was saying that seeing him with Trey Young in Atlanta Hawks giving like a Shaq, Penny Hardaway type of young duo to pay attention to because they're going to end up leaving regardless. But let's see them be good for that team. Yeah, it yeah. would be cracking. Why not? For sure. All right, who's next? Washington Wizards. Shout out to the Capitol, but uh, no. Nine percent. Not a shout out to the Capitol. No, 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 thanks. Mm-mm. DC, but other things. Okay, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. This is a sleeper move here. Ooh, okay, now I like it. now they have a six percent chance. Yes, but they Washington got Luca, who we love. Yes, they got Wild Boy Porzingis. Okay, <laughs> they got Wild Boy Mark Cuban. Yeah, uh, all right, yeah, and you add Zion into there. I mean, that's like content Napa Valley which is the closest thing to heaven on earth. So I'm okay with this. I I would not hate this at all. I would not hate it. No, I mean, I couldn't couldn't take the takes that you just said. Rick Carlisle, like, it's a good situation for Zion. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Zion in Dallas is doable. It is doable. I would not hate this. All right, who's next? The Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Shout out to Memphis, but no. Yeah, shout out to Memphis, though, but no. Yeah, and Penny Hardaway, you know. New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, shout out to the city of my past life. I was definitely a voodoo witch before. Um, but no, I cannot allow this either. No. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And um, Shams Sharania is reporting yes. that the Knicks are interested in trading, if they get the number one overall pick, trading the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. And I can tell you right now, I'm going to throw an actual two-year-old child fit if that happens. You see Zion in New Orleans? No, I don't want to see Zion in New Orleans. I just said it. No. Okay, I don't want to see Zion in New New Orleans. And more importantly, I don't care about Anthony Davis in New York. Anthony Davis is boring. Can we just say it? Okay, then. So get him somewhere I don't care about, like the Knicks. It's like when Amari Stoudemire went there. I was if like, oh, Kevin good. Durant Enjoy. is there and Kyrie is there, we have to care about the Knicks. And then you're going to have Anthony Davis. So that 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 defeats that whole thing. I watched the Knicks to watch J.R. Smith during that time period. That's how bad. Uh, anyways. Next. Yeah. 
the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Lakers have a 2% chance. We, Woo! Uh, Book it! Yeah, we skipped the Timberwolves. They have a 3% chance, but no. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I was going to say Timberwolves, an honest, and then... It's an honest skip. No. Yeah, no, uh, it was honest, and I The Lakers are... Obvi- obviously, that would be incredible content-wise, <laughs> right. but to be frank and to keep it simple and short, the, the Lakers don't deserve this, so no. To be frank, Joy... Yeah, to Vogel. be Frank Vogel. Hey. To be Frank Vogel. Uh, I did that on purpose. Uh, no, they don't deserve it. Stumble in the content. The Charlotte Bobcats. Shout out to the GOAT, but no, they're uh, not the Bobcats okay. either. What are, they, what are they? Charlotte Hornets? Yeah. Okay. The Miami Heat. Um. Now, obviously, this would be incredible for me personally. It would be the greatest thing that really? happened to me since Disney made a princess that looked like me. Shout out to Pocahontas. But... Yo. I, I thought he was going to go Tiana. Uh, I mean, but Pocahontas, Pocahontas looked like you. Like, that's that's real. Pocahontas was the But original. you didn't have to wait that long. Pocahontas, what do you mean? You didn't have to wait that long for Pocahontas to come up on the Disney Princess. Like, she was right there. What do you mean? How long? Do you, what do you mean I didn't have to wait I mean, very Tatiana, long? Tatiana, the, the, it was a long time before we got... it was Tiana, not Tatiana. Jeez, something like it. I mean, wh- I don't. I don't even know where to break down what you just said. It's Tiana. Have Bust some respect, okay? No, First of all, no, second, no. that movie came out like three years ago. I'm 32 years old. It was not three years, but okay, I got you. What do you mean, Pocahontas is way older than Tiana? Seven. I don't know what you're saying. What, 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 okay, you just completely derailed me. I'm sorry. Uh, the point is, Pocahontas that thing. would be incredible. It would be Pocahontas level incredible, <laughs> but it's not going to happen, so I'm not even going to allow myself to dream. All right, what's next? The Lakers offseason has been a disaster. After a month of failed attempts at landing a head coach, the Los Angeles Lakers hired Frank Vogel to a three-year deal with Jason Kidd, also on staff as an assistant, and Alonzo Ball Whisperer, making the championship for LeBron James. Very unhyped. Un- Likely, Joy, LeBron will still win another championship with the Lakers. Win it or quit it? Uh, quit it. Don't it feels that. like the end of, the, of LeBron. Um, and and it's I'm done with the Lakers. Let me throw my Hail Mary. What? Let me complete the Hail Mary by saying he's going to win. He, you still have to have faith in LeBron. No, I don't. And, and I don't. Have, it's not that I don't have faith in LeBron. I'm sure, uh, like Marcus said, he's going to come back in incredible shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've been saying since the entire thing began yeah. the the injuries were the number one reason why the lakers whole thing fell apart this year that's obvious because right. they were the fourth or fifth seed and were playing great mm-hmm. trending upwards and then the injury happened and everybody else got injured yeah and that's that but what's been happening with the lakers has been astonishingly embarrassing for an organization of that level yeah. a brand of that level and the business side is always thriving so no one's talking about that it's not like they're losing money or anything but this is just an embarrassment it, it's this is stuff that happens in Cleveland, Don't okay, and Phoenix. Duh. Like this is not this is not okay. It's not okay. All this is going on. It's absolute chaos. No one knows who's in charge. Genie boss, genie boss, genie bus, the boss, <laughs> genie the boss. Yeah. Okay, genie boss has like seventeen people advising her. The situation with the with the coaching search was an absolute disaster and an mm-hmm. embarrassment and if you want to start from the beginning because everyone just keeps talking about frank vogel's their, their third choice they didn't fire luke walton it was a mutual separation so you can start yeah. with start with luke walking away mm-hmm. now maybe he was encouraged to walk away and he's got some other stuff going on but that was a mutual separation not a firing then you have monty williams leaking as your number one guy you don't get him which sh- which should have been house cleaning situation there like if it leaks that you have a number one guy you got to do whatever you got to do to get that guy because then it looks like that guy turned you down for the Phoenix Suns. That's what it looks like. Which is what happened. It's not what it looks like. It's what happened. Okay. He took the Phoenix Suns job no, over did. the Lakers. Yeah. Okay. Now, now everyone isn't motivated by the same thing, but that's a stressful situation. Okay. In Phoenix. Then he took that. Then you have Ty Lu, a situation which you could not have handled worse, completely botched, gave him an embarrassment of an offer, then suggested that he hire Jason Kidd, ultimate setup. Mm. Okay. And, and you think rumors. he knew? Were... You think Ty Lue is brand new to this? He's, He's not been new. He's he been did in that. This. He and, was Jason Kidd. And this, right? And yes. this whole idea that Ty Lue like needs the situation. No, Ty Lue doesn't need anything. Yeah. Ty Lue is chilling. He's made millions and millions and millions of dollars. He knows how stressful the coaching situation can be. That's why he took some time off in Cleveland. He's not going to take this setup situation, and, and and it's it's disrespectful. He won a championship. You're not even going to give him the offer you gave Luke Walton. Mm. What what's happening? I don't even understand how this happens. How does this happen? I I truly don't understand how you can have that many smart people in a room and no one is like, this is what we're doing. The Come reason, at me. There's a motive behind all of it. That's why it's going on. 
I, I would love to hear the motive because it looks like nobody has any control over the situation and the people that do have the control don't have the ability to go out in public and say they have control. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to Magic. No, Magic, Magic, Magic dipped out because he, he didn't want to, he had too many things to say. Yeah. So yeah, he got about it. it it's, it's, it's a bad situation. It's not trending in any positive direction. It doesn't feel like anybody's in control of what's happening. No disrespect to Frank Vogel, who seems like everyone likes him and respects him as a coach, but he's on a three-year deal. He's got Jason Kidd on the bench next to him, which I feel like we all feel like this is a blat situation waiting to happen. It's, it just doesn't feel promising to me. It doesn't feel like they did what they needed to do to put the right pieces around LeBron. Right. And I don't think they're going to win a championship with him here. And to me, that's a failure. I think times are dire. I want everyone to remember these times right now for the Lakers and LeBron James in Los Angeles because Kyrie is on his way. LeBron, J.J. Redick is going to come probably be another uh, old guy shooter. J.J. Redick. We're getting shooters around. I'm I'm trying to tell you that remember this now, and I want y'all to keep the same energy when LeBron and the Lakers are in the playoff hunt. And in the playoffs next year because that that's how much faith I have in LeBron because you have to like what other he got Cleveland a championship now the Lakers in the front office are going to continue to try to make sure this is the end of LeBron but LeBron's going to go out there and play basketball right I I agree with you that there's there should be some slim sliver of hope because he did bring a championship to Cleveland which I will tell you I believed was impossible exactly yes because of their front office and and because of the Warriors Mm -hmm. and all kinds of other mitigating factors however the Cavs turned over the franchise to LeBron yeah and for whatever you say about LeBron LeBron is not dysfunctional LeBron keeps a small circle and they are about their business, and he did bring a championship to Cleveland. That's yeah. why this whole talk about, oh, we don't want to be Cleveland or the West. You should be grateful, grateful in your prayer closet you it, that yes. you could possibly yeah. be the Cleveland of the West. Because right now, you look like the Phoenix of the West. Yes. Ooh. And for all those That's Le- what you look like. All those LeBron haters, there's a big difference between drama and dysfunction. Correct. Yes. And I'll take LeBron drama over Lakers dysfunction at this mm. point, and you're not getting either one of those. So while I would agree with you that that was possible and that did happen, the Lakers aren't following that formula, and that's yeah. why I don't have the faith that I used to have. And I think it's the end. Hear ye, hear ye. Terry Rozier is petty. Mm. Um, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. He is spilling all the tea on the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics got embarrassed by the Bucks. Yes. No two ways about it. Gentlemen sweep. They mm-hmm. had finals, if not championship expectations. Um, we've already talked about it. I don't think that Brad Stevens is getting enough credit for not managing the situation. And I think that Terry Rozier is speaking to that. He was on ESPN and said uh, he was asked if they decided to bring back the same cast next season, would he be there? He said, no, I might have to go. I put up with a lot of this a lot this year. Uh, so I said what I said after the season. I think we all know I'm not trying to step into that again. Mm. Um, and then when he was talking about Kyrie, he said we had to come into the game and it'd be a different game plan than we kind of expected when we went through in practice. Mm. Whatever Kyrie wants done, he's going to show it. You just have to adjust to his style of play. Obviously, in the shadow of some guys, the ball was either in Kyrie or Gordon Hayward's hand. Most of the time, I felt like Terry Rozier was just in the corner on the bench. I appreciate the speaking of yourself in third term. I love also. it. So uh, much context there. Here's the thing. Terry Rozier did sacrifice a lot this year. I mean, he averaged 16.5 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 5.7 assists. Shot 40, basically 41% from the field and 35% from three in last year's playoffs. That was without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. This year, he dropped to 6.4 points and 1.9 assists. And obviously, he had way less playing time. And this is the question that we had about the Celtics last year when Gordon Hayward and Kyrie were not available because the team was rolling and they weren't there. So we were like, where's everyone going to fit? Whose time are you going to take away? And you can say what you want about Terry Rozier or what you want about what the Celtics did this year, but they had too much of the same thing. Gordon Hayward needs the ball in his hand to be successful. Kyrie Irving needs the ball in his hand to be successful. Jason Tatum needs the ball in his hand to be successful. Guess what? There's only one ball. Okay. There's too much. There's too much of of the same thing. There were no roles assigned. Clearly, Kyrie was the guy, but Brad Stevens didn't bother telling everybody else, like, we're just going to play off what Kyrie does. Mm. And sometimes that's just what you got to do. Yeah. Like, okay, drop your system. I know Brad Stevens has this impenetrable system, a system for the gods of basketball, but <laughs> it didn't theory. work out. Okay, yeah. so you got to make adjustments. You have to play with what you have. You have an incredible amount of talent. This was nothing short of a disappointment. I know everyone's going to come at Terry Rozier talking about, like, oh, who's Terry Rozier? Well, they went to the finals last year. I know, Joy. Uh, but against the people, LeBron. But the people are saying, who is Terry Rozier, which I am echoing as well. Not in the sense of, like, talking trash about him. He went to Louisville. Shouts out. 
what I don't like is someone had to take less minutes. Someone had to sacrifice. Sure. I think that whole team sacrificed and sacrificed a lot for this last year. So for him to single himself out in these interviews feels like, eh, I mean, feels petty. I mean, maybe it is, but yeah. that's on like that's how he feels. And clearly, the Celtics had a lot of issues this year because people didn't embrace their roles. And this is the problem when you have this many unproven guys because mm. everyone's trying to get their paycheck. They're yep. they're trying to prove themselves while also trying to win. So there's too many dynamics at work here. Which comes back to my original point that everybody has to have their role, know what their role is, appreciate and embrace their role, and that is on the leader or leaders in Brad Stevens and Kyrie Irving to do. And then you have Gordon Hayward. So, like, what's his leadership dynamic in there? Like, what role did he embrace? It just seemed like everyone had a problem with the way that Kyrie played. And, like, that can't work if you're going to be successful. And obviously it didn't because it was a complete failure. There's no other way to describe it than a complete failure. Yeah. You can't have expectations like that and end the season that way. They're not going to look the same next year. I actually think they're going to trade for Anthony Davis. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't trade the Knicks. What do you want? Where do you, where do you want they, Anthony they, Davis to be? I would go to Celtics. I'd love him with the Celtics. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'd love him with the Celtics, which is what I, I think will actually happen. They're going to look totally different next year because Kyrie is either, in your opinion, going to go to LA. I think he's going to go to New York. But there's no two ways about it. The Celtics situation was it was a failure this year, and it's unfortunate because they really did have a lot of talent. Keep talking, Terry. We listening. We are. Mm. It's time for high key, low key. All right, high key, low key. Loki. Sometimes I remember to sing and sometimes I don't. That's actually the new one. That should be the new drop. Cut it. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, high key. Uh, we missed the NFL because the power ranking lists are starting to emerge. Yes, We're thank getting God. impatience. Mm-hmm. Um, and Loki, can everyone just stop with the 49ers? Okay, Joy. I mean, look, they're going to be better than they were last year, but I feel like everyone's being a a wee bit dramatic. Sure, they lost their quarterback. They're, 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 get him out of here. I'm Tom Brady. Get him out of here. I'm getting nervous, quarterback. Yeah. That guy that's played how many games in the NFL? How many full games has, has uh, Jimmy G played in the NFL? Like 10? 10? 10 full games. 10 full games. 10 full games. Two handfuls. Yeah. This many. <laughs> that's not a lot. I, I mean, listen, I. I, I believe I said that Jimmy G was going to be a bust. That was my original take. And then I backed off of it because I later learned that Bill Belichick wanted to replace Tom Brady with him. Yes. Which made me feel like maybe Bill Belichick knows a few more things about football than me. So maybe I was wrong. Right. Okay. Now I'm waiting somewhere in the lukewarm waters of what Jimmy G will become. What? I just really, I don't know. I feel like everyone's being so dramatic okay, about the 49ers. Fair. We don't know. Okay. So I say this because Peter King put out his uh, power rankings yes. list. Which is just some 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 staggering things on here. Uh, so the Chiefs are one are in first place. He likes the teams he likes. One, I'm not gonna argue with that. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots, the Colts. Now the Colts are going to be a lot better than they were last year. Yeah, um, and they were sneaky good. They, they were sneaky good games. I'm I don't know. I don't find the Colts to be fascinating. So I'm sort of I guess content wishing against that. Yeah. Um, the Rams, Chargers, Saints. These are in order. The 49ers are in seventh, but I just think it's just dramatically high. Yeah. He has them higher than the Eagles, um, than the Bears, Vikings, Browns, Ravens, Seahawks, Packers, Texans, and the Cowboys are 16th. Yeah. He has the Steelers 18th and the Dolphins 32, which is disrespectful. Um, the <laughs> Steelers, it's it disrespectful. Uh, the Steelers are way too low. The Cowboys are too low. The Browns are way too high. Everyone's got to stop tripping off the Browns. And I'm not saying that the Browns are going to be better because they yeah. are going to be better. But the Ravens are not better than the Seahawks, Packers, Texans, and Cowboys. So let's just stop there. And what is this? Th- what is this disrespect for the Cowboys and the Steelers? I don't understand. What, what happened? It's just a, it's just some 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 dramatic swings that need to be made in this list here. And the Bears are too high as well at number nine. Too high. Too high. The Cowboys being in the middle of the NFL is a gift. Why? No, it's not a gift. We want the Cowboys to be the best team in the NFL. I know. It's fine. The, the, the numbers, they're okay. No. We want the Cowboys to be the best always. Always the Cowboys. Cowboys and Chiefs are the if, if, if Listen, if anyone out there in the universe that has the power to make this happen, please put the Cowboys and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Please. Thank you. Good night. Whatever gifts or candles, seances, whatever we got to do to make that happen, let us know. Life sacrifices. Okay, human uh, or goats, yep. whatever. Firstborns. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> Is this your way of telling us that you're pregnant? No, you're yeah! pregnant! Yeah! Stop, 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 stop. It's my favorite joke! Stop, it's my favorite joke! Oh my gosh. It's oddly mine, You're too. blushing! Y'all know no, the sex yet? Just... <laughs> 
What's Am next? I the godmom? High no, high, high key, low key. Okay, next. Uh, don't make me your kids, godmom. That's a mistake. Um, all right. Next, uh, high key. I know pizza. Okay. I worked in pizza restaurant. <laughs> I have did. dropped an entire hot pizza on someone's back before. Mm. Um, a veteran in the game. Yeah. Okay. That was rough. That was rough to talk my way out of. Um, it was an accident. I mean, I'm a clumsy person. She talked my way out of. She did not get in any what? trouble for this. I mean, what can you do? Like, it's dropped. It's there. The pizza's on the back, and it's hot. Like, what can you do? Woo! It slipped. You should put this in your Twitter bio. That is hilarious. It was really, it was the most embarrassed I've ever been in my life, obviously. And there's nothing you can say. And it was a huge table of like eight people. Oh. So obviously all their food was free. Ooh. And That uh, guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're not prepared, you know? It's just you're sitting there enjoying your evening, and then all of a sudden there's a hot pizza on your back. Oh my gosh. One slice, one hot. Whole oven pizza. Oh, oh. And so it's crispy, got leaving black char. Mm. Just just dragging. It's not even floppy. Yeah, yeah. It's a pizza brand. Oh, man. It's not my finest moment. Why we bring a pizza? Low key, pizza scissors ends badly. So there's a new trend in New York. Um, New York Magazine called it the newest pizzeria trend. Uh, diners sit down, they order, and when their food arrives, it doesn't come out with knives or pizza cutters. It comes out with scissors. Uh, I would like for hipsters to stop doing things like this. <laughs> and Don't blame them for and this. And I don't understand why anyone would want any type of device where they could slice or cut their finger over the pizza. Okay. As someone who's handled a lot of pizza and mishandled a lot of pizza, uh, yes. this seems like a bad idea. I'm, I'm against at... it. They look pretty cool though. Like look at look at the pizza scissors. You know what I mean? It's just like imagine I mean you got I, Are they like the, the, the little kids? The handle the handle is dramatically raised above the blades. It's a lot. For for not falling and I cutting. You know what? The only thing I want to work for when it comes to food yeah. is crab legs. Mm. And wings. Wings aren't work. You just put them in your mouth and you twist. Ar, 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 ar. And at the end Those are two things. At the end you pop the entire thing in, you pull with the teeth. That's there you go. <laughs> and if you're a real one, you eat the bones, okay? There's really not that much going on, all right? That, that, that is extra. That's, pizza is meant to be picked up and delivered into the face. So there's okay. not any extra cutting that needs to be done at the table. For time, I'm not fighting what, you on this. What was wrong with no, cutting pizza no. traditionally? Like, I mean, what, is this, what is this fix? I don't know. What is this Because people, people always need something new to do at dinner. I, like, oh, like, let's put down our phones. No, I, what do we, we just do talk? with our hands? I we'll, be on we'll cut the pizza with our pizza scissors. I want to be on record that I tried to cut this short, but since we talk about it, let's talk about it. I don't always feel like the slices are the, like, the slice that I'm ready to eat. Does that make sense? Like, I would cut two of those. Like, if I had pizza scissors, I would give me a very generous first slice, and I wouldn't even need a bunch of other so slices. So you are just going to take extra pizza slices? What, what are you doing? It's for, it's for curating. No, it's it's for people to be extra, okay? Which okay. is why you like this. Uh, normally, I would like this, but it seems I'm not good with sharp things either. All right, and finally, uh, Heike Snapchat is very innovative. You know, they find ways for all of us to record our faces into the database thing yes, for the man. Yes, yes, Um They have, that is a thing. It's a mm -hmm. transaction. No, um, no I don't care because anyone who thinks that they're off the matrix, you're just silly. Uh, but Loki, I make a very handsome man. You looked, you looked handsome. You looked handsome in the photo. Uh, should we, should we pull it up? Should we let people yeah, see? Yeah. Okay. So uh, over the weekend, I discovered uh, through social media that Snapchat has given us a great gift. You know, they give us gifts. Sometimes they give us the the ear the ear ones with the no, nose. That's not a gift. It was. Um, but yeah, girls love Snapchat filters because yes. they're fun. Um, and they also take away your zits. So that's fine. That but true. they yes. have a new filter where it turns you into a boy. Oh, <laughs> honey. I mean, I look like my dad, to be honest with you. And the weird thing is, is that most girls end up looking like their brother. Yes. Ariana did it. She looks yes. like her brother. So funny. Uh, I haven't seen Ashley. She doesn't want to participate. Pull up that Post Malone picture. <laughs> Ashley did go as Post Malone for Halloween. Yeah, which is um, which is what? I, yeah, it was basically this. Yeah. It was basically this. Uh, and then so it's very fun if you haven't participated. Mm -hmm. um, it's worth downloading Snapchat just to do that, and then you can do something with it. Disagree, but uh, continue. We, we we'll post it. We'll post it. Yeah, we might as well. We have, we'll, we'll put it up. I, Michelle put my face on Facetime against it. We'll put both of ours up there. We're we're handsome people still. Uh, true. Yeah. It's just true. Like yeah. you're beautiful and I'm handsome, <laughs> and um, so you know I. I've, I've asked my friends for their photos of themselves. Yes. Not everyone's handsome. 
Yeah, yeah, not everyone, yeah. Not, it doesn't work for everyone. That's true. Like, if you are going to be a and it's very accurate. Like, people who have brothers look like their brothers. Yeah, they do. So No, Michelle tried it, and she looked like her brother. It it's was very, weird, right? I didn't like it. It's creepy. I didn't like you it want, You wanted to unsee it? I don't, I yeah, don't like it. Yeah, you know what's weird? Because Earl wasn't very high on this either. I didn't like seeing myself. <laughs> I was like, I told Michelle, get this off my screen. I don't see this. I love it. I my think it's mom. so fun. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Loser power rankings. Loser, loser power, power rankings. rankings. These are the losers of the week. Oh, the process. Sweet process. Talk to me. Sweet process has been processed. Oh. Um, yes. So that was that was I some way. Chose wrong, a different name. Uh huh. That was some way to <laughs> to end a nickname. Although I gotta say, Kawhi Leonard out here looking like MJ, and, I, and I, as a zealot, I don't say that lightly. No. Nor it, should you. I I uh, equivalent. Is I that like word? that. I equivalent. Mm. Talk about uh, what you equivalent. I equivalent. What you equivalent Saying with? people are like MJ mm-hmm. to anyone singing Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. <laughs> right? You really <laughs> should not do that. Okay. And Kawhi, that shot and that game was very MJ-like. And everyone who adores MJ agrees. That's a tough way to lose. But... That said, I never really felt like the Sixers were going to win. I've been saying this about the Raptors, yeah. and even though the Raptors were basically just Kawhi, he still made it happen. Nobody wanted to shoot at the end of that game, and then he took the shot and blew the Sixers' hearts out. I'm okay with Embiid crying at the end of the game. I know everyone's like, you know, you're a man, you don't cry, you don't have feelings. It's fine. Like, he yes. cares. You're allowed to cry for the sports. You're, you're, you're allowed to cry for the sports. I'm okay yeah. with it. Um, and, and the last three possessions of that game for, for the Sixers were just a disaster. I mean, how, how does that happen? It, it, it just it, it just all fell apart. They're not going to look the same next year. I Mm-mm. don't know if Jimmy Butler's going to be back, although Ford wants a lot of money to walk away from. But we'll see. He says he has enough money, so he's maybe going to go where he wants to go. they got to figure out what they're going to do with Tobias Harris. But the process is done. We're done talking about the process. I mean, honestly, the process will end it when they drafted Markel Fultz. I mean, they should have just kind of given up on the process at that point in time. Yeah, we're done with the names. Yeah. Um, all right, next in loser power rankings is the Saints. Mm. Okay, I'm going to say this for one last time because I do adore the city of New Orleans. As I've said, yes. I feel like I was I was there in a past life and had made some some type of monumental movement there. Right, voodoo. Um Maybe. But Gail Benson owns the Saints, and she did. She was giving a commencement speech mm-hmm. um, at Loyola University. I'm missing a word in the middle of there, but we're just going to call it Loyola, Loyola University. Was it Loyola I don't know. Marymount? All of them are? No. No? Okay. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, she was giving the commencement speech, and she decided to bring up, once again, the no call. Please stop talking about it. You are not the only team that has had a blown call at the end of a game that influenced the rest of your history as an organization. Ask the Miami Hurricanes. It happens. You talk about it. You get angry amongst each other. You don't go publicly complaining about it for the rest of time. That's what keeps your franchise from ever recovering from it. We're tired of hearing about it. Boo freaking who. We were all on your side and you have abused your right to talk about it. We're done. Have I made myself clear? All right, moving on. Finally, the Rockets. Oh! Oh! The Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets! We have talked so much about the Houston Rockets, and we have been so right about the Houston Rockets. I'm just saying. Can we just give ourselves a hand for how right we've been about the Houston yes, Rockets? Yeah, just go ahead. Like, cause I and I and I it pains me that the Houston Floppets did it again. No, it doesn't hey. pain me, because they are not a fun team to watch. No. And I like PJ Tucker and I yes. like Clint Capella. Yes, I like um, Eric Gordon. I like Eric Gordon. Yeah. Um, I don't enjoy Harden's style of play. And yeah, whatever with Chris Paul, all right. But I just don't—I don't like what the Rockets, uh, how they handled the series in the beginning with the nonsense with the referees mm-hmm. and the montage. It's just silliness. That's the Warriors are better than you, and they showed that. And then Kevin Durant, you had an absolute wide open opportunity to crush the Warriors. They were vulnerable, and instead you decided to lose. They're not going to look the same next year. I think we're done with this. And I also think it's time to talk about the fact that Mike D'Antoni's teams score a lot of points. They have great offense. They don't win big games. That's it. Can someone else say it besides me? Because I feel like nobody's he, saying it. He needs to grow that mustache back or something because it's not working. I don't have a problem with Mike D'Antoni. I just think it's, it's this is what it is. Like You get a bunch of buckets. You get great stats in his system. He lets them go out and hoop. And it, it doesn't work. It, it's cool. You're in the playoffs. You have some. If you consider that to be success, which clearly he does, because he said a couple years right. ago, winning a championship doesn't define our season. It does. It does define your season. It actually does. You are going to be known as a team that couldn't get over the Warriors, and nobody cares about that being an excuse because we're all going to remember Kevin Durant was out. 
all on his own. Nobody Kane injured him. Home. Calf strain just running down the court. And Steph Curry didn't score a point in the first half. Mm. It was wide open. The y'all decided half, to lose. First half of the splash got him with 21 in the first half of that game. The other half of the Splash Brothers, 23 or 33 in the other half. Like You couldn't even get it to a game seven. It's done. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Darren Morey said it the best. He congratulates the Warriors after they lose every time, every year, every tweet. <laughs> and this year he said, when you come at the King, you best not miss. Congrats, Warriors. Yeah, no, well, it's it. true. All right, what's in the Migos culture report this week? In season eight, episode five of Game of Thrones titled The Bells, here's what happened. Very stole Jon Snow that he should be on Iron Throne. Jon Snow said, I don't want it. Daenerys told Jon Snow to come over here and get, get down and dirty. Jon Snow said, I don't want it. Daenerys heard Kings of the Bells and King's Landing and kept killing everybody. Jon Snow said, I don't want it. Cersei is still hard-headed and delusional and dies under some rocks with her brother lover. And Game of Thrones fans watched the entire episode and they screaming, I don't want it. I Joy, feel like you throw a beat under that and that is <laughs> Joy, what did you fire. think of the second to last episode of Game of Thrones? Can you read that back but only in Bonecrusher voice? Which, no, I'm joking. I, 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 don't I don't want it. I can't do it. I don't want it. What was the question? Uh, what did you think of the second to last episode of Game of Thrones? So it took a lot. I, it took a whole couple days of processing right. for me to reach the same verdict that pretty much everyone else has reached. I don't want um, I lost $10, which I don't appreciate. <laughs> I lost $10? I bet that Cersei would win. <laughs> Although, technically, can they pay out yet? Because the season's not over, so she might have survived the brick, brick shower. Um, <laughs> but That's what it was. Here's the problem that everyone has with this. And, and, and it's, it's like this. Anytime you're trying to wrap something up, you know, you, you, you push everything together. You know, you're trying to wrap it up. All right, throw yep. this in there, throw this in there. And these characters deserve better. And the fans <laughs> deserve better. And that's why people are complaining and people sure. are upset. No, seriously. Cersei is one of the greatest television villains of all time. She survived everything. She survived everything. She survived the entire show. Okay, her and Jamie and Jamie with this with this back to the heel turn thing. I mean, get out of here. All right. You're going to take down Brienne of Tarth and then you're going to go back to Cersei. All right. Nobody has time for that. He's he's a different type of killer. He's out in these streets. Right. He's, he's out in the streets. I, don't even, I can't even talk about Jamie. He doesn't deserve any time. The point is, Cersei deserved a real death. She deserved an Arya with the face, the, the, the many faces person to come up as Jamie Lannister and stab her in the neck like we all wanted her to. All right. If Cersei is going to die, she's not going to die in a brick shower. All right. That's not fair. It's not right. It should have been more elaborate. And for that matter, it's elaborate. It, if I don't see some many face nonsense, with Arya before the end of this season. She I just want, killed the Night King. I want all my time. Oh, she didn't do it as a many face person. She just jumped in the air. That whole season of watching her do that crap was to prove <laughs> that she could kill the Night King and we can be done with that no, conversation. No, she's done with the training. <sighs> what do we say to the, to the God of Death? Not today. I don't... You can just, Point of, poke him with the pointy end. That was a, that was for. I had to watch a whole season with these weirdos with the faces in the hall for nothing. Yeah. You better kill someone with another face or explain what all that was for. All right. So the bottom line is this: these characters, they're all falling apart. Uh, everyone's flipping out. The Khaleesi turned out to be bad. One her episode whole fam- left. Her whole family's crazy. So what did you think was gonna happen? You think she's just gonna be like the calm one? Yeah, you think they're gonna behead her best friends yeah. and she's gonna burn everyone up and then all of a sudden she's gonna decide not to burn everything up? I mean, I hated it just like everyone else. But what, what did you think was gonna happen? She said specifically. To to that old lady who tried to marry her daughter to the King's Landing people, I don't want to be the queen of ashes. And then she she flipped it back. She crazy. She's the, crazy. The, the mad queen. What? Okay, Apple don't, Apple don't fall far from the dragon tree. All right. Amen. All I'm saying is this last episode better be the best thing we've ever seen in oh. our entire lives. What do you want? I want excellence. I want some <laughs> sort of ala- who they, is Brand? Why built- do we have to suffer through all that Brand ch- children of the North ch- tree people? Oh. Oh my gosh. I need some explanations. And the, um, honestly, the last episode better be three hours long with all the explanations for <laughs> why I've had to sit through They're those not. horrible storylines. I better be- get a payoff on Bran because I haven't. I better get a payoff on Arya because I haven't. I better get an explanation for why Cersei just died in some brick shower. And I better get Jon Snow on the Iron Throne or all of this was a waste of my time. It's very obvious that they've gone off the books. Joy, the literally these people get paid to waste our time. Like that's like that's a, when I watched it back, I was so mad. I watched it back and I was like, oh yeah, this is all just distraction. Like this is what it's supposed to be. No. This is going to end. Like what do I want from this? No. It's just going to end. Here, I was explaining. I shout out to Amber. I was explaining to my friend on Twitter because she doesn't watch Game of Thrones. Okay, 
here's the thing. This is why Game of Thrones is so impactful. This is for you, Heller, okay? Because Heller yes. thinks he's too cool for Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's here Ashley thinks this. he's too cool for Game of Thrones. Don't right. care, but I can't get out of the room, so go ahead. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you're going to sit there and you're going to listen. Yeah. This is the wrap-up of Game of Thrones, all right? This is the reason why it matters so deeply to nerds like me. Yes. Because in order to watch Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. you have to be invested in Game yes, of Thrones. Yes, because yes. There's, it's a made-up place, yeah. which you have to transport yourself to. Mm -hmm. The names are impossible. There's oh, 7,000 different characters. Yeah. They're flashing from forward to back All to people that are dead to not dead. Right. People who die, come back to life. They kill your favorite character with no warning. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of stuff going on. You have to be invested. It's a very complex, emotional show with on. very... Uh, with, with layers mm -hmm. so you have to be invested so when it comes down to things like this where you have millions of people invested in it all together you watch them in the show you want to talk about it with other people that's Agreed. what it is okay I, the, so the you, conversation. people can't figure out like why are you guys talking about dragons like it's not about the the, the, the dragon okay and it's, all it's about, about the, the fact that i've invested hours and hours and hours and hours of my life Ooh, i can't get so back many hours. and i want to talk about why these things matter to me and yes. other people who watch it feel the same way and that's the best explanation i can give you it's an investment well, okay, but they, yes, uh, no, that, and I'm not invested, so right, and you're not invested, which is fine. I totally understand it, but but you have to understand that if you are watching the show, right. you have to be invested. It's not like a casual watch. Yeah, and uh, the, the thing, okay, and we are, we always talk about the storyline, and people it's not think, like Real Housewives, right? People think that like, people are watching. Last episode, they fought. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The reunion show of Game of Thrones, though, would be great to watch. Um, but at the end of the day. What they're doing cinematically is amazing on screen. The production that they're putting right. to it, the actors, like the storylines is whatever, but like what you're seeing visually right. is a work of art in itself. Like they built that town and destroyed it for that last episode. Yeah, like no, they, they built it and destroyed it and they had to put containers up so people in Ireland couldn't watch what they were doing. Like it's a it's a in it's an incredible production feat. Yes, it is. That's, yes. That that is. I'm glad you said that because that is the other part of it too. It's not cheaply made. No. It's like an, a full immersive. It's experience. not silly. Yeah. It seems silly when you it hear people talk silly about it. That but we've been it, like, talking about this long. It seems a bit much. Yeah. But it's an investment, so it's not a it's not a waste of time unless I don't get an explanation about Arya. Did you hear about they 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 offered them more episodes in this last season? And they said, Nah, we good. They I, offered the creators more episodes, and they was like, you know what? Yeah, give us about six, and we're going to I mean, wrap it up. Honestly, the, the actors and actresses had seemed like they had had enough. Yeah. And they got a prequel that's coming that's probably going to answer a lot of un, un no, 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 unresolved no, no, things. No, 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 not a prequel. Oh, they're, really? They're, they're, a prequel's please, coming. No, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Is there books for it? No. Not the prequel. No, oh, this God. is all TV, baby. We in here. All right, thanks for joining us this week. Make sure you follow us on our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, yes. Newman Show 99, Joy Taylor Talks. Um, subscribe on YouTube yes. at the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. We are on the iHeartMedia app, yep. SoundCloud, mm -hmm. Spotify, right. Apple Podcasts, right. YouTube. And then we, that's, that's us. You can find us anywhere. You know I mean? Thank that's you us. to Marcus Johnson for Listen. joining us. Um, legends. And you can follow him on social media, Old School 888 He did Amazing. dunk. He did dunk. 63. Like that. I mean, it wasn't on someone. Like, that makes it seem like he yeah, dunked, like, yeah, dunked yeah, on someone. Yeah, yeah. But he did dunk. Um, good follow. So thank you, Tim, for joining us. Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you check out the update on Friday mornings yes. with Brandon Newsman. Hey. If you subscribe on YouTube, you will get that automatically, obviously. Um, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Ooh.